0: You're not rich from this podcast? What? I but know, everyone, right? Everything I've seen on the internet says, everyone tells me, quit your job, start a podcast, and you'll get rich. <laughs> right? Is that right, Harrison? You a know, podcast, you get rich? Is that... You want to patch it and tell me the truth?
1: This is Van Collar. We're at the West West Coast. <laughs> My name is Mo Amir and today on This Is Van Color, I'm joined by a shining light in Vancouver's media landscape. You can brighten up your day with her voice every weekday from 2 to 6 p.m. on 1027 The Peak, Vancouver's modern rock. Earlier this year, she released her debut book, I See You, I Am You, a collection of poetry, reflections, and meanderings, indigestible self-help nuggets about love, loss, pain, suffering, the internet... Mental health, mindfulness, and all the stuff that I love to talk about when I've had a few too many kombuchas in me. She's also a certified meditation and yoga teacher, which was enough reason for me to ask her to be my Valentine this year. She is the lovely and talented Casey Joe Lowe's. Casey Joe, how are you?
0: I'm awake. I'm alive. You're here. I don't think my ego can handle that intro. <laughs> I mean, it's something to be said, to be asked to come on a podcast and to meet somebody new. It's incredible. But then they pump your tires and you're like, I have to receive this? It's wonderful and awkward. These, and what are all those things anyway? So, well, Hashtag facts. Or opinions. Sure. <laughs> just because it's on the internet doesn't mean it's true.
1: But it's coming from a genuine place because I feel like you are my perfect guest. because oh, I thought anyone... you were going to say soulmate. I was like, oh, okay, hold on, <laughs> yeah, hold on. Make this oh, really actually, weird. I just
0: have to call you out of here a little bit more sure, because I've, I've listened to your podcast and every guest that comes on, you're like, I can't believe it. This is incredible. You're the you're the best. And I was waiting for you to say something like that about me. Yeah. Uh, you say it about everybody. You know,
1: if you if you're going through the archives, you will see that there are subtle <laughs> distinctions between how I qualify them. And some people mm. I say, I'm, I've been really excited to meet you or some people i say you know i've been following your career uh for 10 years or whatever so it's always a little different but but i think you are I, I think people that know me would know that you are my perfect guest because like i have this mantra of like loving out loud and i love to talk about all the feelings and mindfulness and yoga and essential oils, I'm all about that life. And I feel like you are, and, and we're going to have a great chat.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> the problem is, is brevity is not my strong suit. So how much time we got here? I mean, we got
1: about an hour, so we'll all see right. how That's we do. That's probably too
0: long. People have a seven-second <laughs> attention span. Like, I'm sorry if they already tuned out, but that happens these days.
1: <laughs> you have to do me a favor before oh, we get started. Yes. And uh, my intention here is not some sort of, like, condes- condescending mansplain. It's it's coming from a good place, I promise. Okay. You have to stop using the word cringe when referring to yourself <laughs> or the work that you're doing. And Because you've used this in our correspondence. I right. heard an interview with you where you okay. were talking about yourself as cringe. And I don't think anything you're doing is remotely cringe.
0: Thank you for saying so. <laughs> uh, it is a word that I have said a lot, I guess, because when you put yourself out there and you're extremely vulnerable mm-hmm. every day, Monday to Friday, 2 to 6, and on one to two 7 The Peak, also on the Internet, also by... Uh, releasing words and feelings and experiences and emotions and promoting that and Mm -hmm. encouraging other people to read it and then accepting their feedback, whether positive or negative, and trying to not be affected by any of those things. It can all feel extremely cringe-worthy and cringe And I don't think that that's always a bad thing. Yeah. I think the word cringe kind of came into my vocabulary as a negative thing from an ex-boyfriend of mine where they like to watch videos that were cringe and embarrassing. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes it's okay to be cringe. We're all a little cringe in our own ways. We're all a little weird. And so I'm just embracing the cringe that I feel myself (laughs) to be
1: right now. I I love that. And maybe it's just semantics. I mean, I... I I think weird is a beautiful word. Mm-hmm, like, me too. Be weird, be vulnerable, all that's good. But I think cringe is so rooted in a, like a negative thing. Really? Yeah. Well, for me, cr- like for me, cringe breaks down to three categories. The first is like if you, not you specifically, but in general, if you are shutting down someone who's being open or vulnerable or honest mm-hmm. and you're shutting them down, that I think is cringe for the person that's shut- doing the shutting down. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, If if you're engaging in a lot of like puffery, whether you're trying to like glamorize yourself or maybe even glamorize other with just like this disconnection from what's actually happening, that is kind of
0: cringe. Blowing smoke up an ass, doing that, or your own ass. ass? Yeah, you can say whatever you want.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is an FM radio. (laughs) (laughs) I still
0: say what I want there too. Let's be honest. (laughs) Sure.
1: (laughs) And and the other. A scenario where I, what I would consider cringe is just when you're not being truthful to your own current state. Mm-hmm. So, and again, this one isn't really negative, but it is uncomfortable in terms of someone who is clearly hurting, but they're like putting on a fake grin and they're trying to pretend like everything's okay and they don't want to talk about it. Are you thinking like, that of someone be... in
0: particular when you're speaking to this person? Uh,
1: I mean, I've done that. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> we have, we've all done that, right? For sure. Yeah. So, so those things I think are cringe, but I think like sharing yourself and putting yourself out there in the world as unique and strange and weird as it might be. I think that's awesome. I don't think there's anything cringy about that. There
0: are other people on the internet that will disagree with you, and they'll make sure to tell me that I'm embarrassing (laughs) too. But if you read the back of the book, they get a shout out. Do they? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, you embrace them too.
0: I thank the people that uh, call me embarrassing. Because if they didn't, then maybe I wouldn't have felt strong enough within myself to propel myself forward. If someone calls you on your your talk, and if you're not going to walk that talk, you know, if someone's going to sure. say something negative to you and that's going to be what shuts you down, well, then I guess you weren't really rooted firmly in what you were doing to begin with. Yeah. So thanks. Call me embarrassing. Call me cringe. I like it now.
1: <laughs> Haters, <laughs> Maybe welcome. too much. Yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations on the book. It's <laughs> sold you. out. Look Hits. at you, Bestseller.
0: Uh, I don't know what makes a bestseller status, and since self-publishing well, it's sold this out. book,
1: it's sold, out. it's sold
0: out. Yeah, there's some weird uh, games you can play in the book world for sure. <laughs> People can say I'm a bestselling author, and there's like a rabbit hole you can go down on Amazon like it was popular for one day. And that's not to discredit somebody producing the work that resonates and connects with others, mm-hmm. but I don't think it should be on a pedestal that is more important than something else that someone else has done because maybe didn't get enough attention on the internet or in real life. I don't know.
1: Fair enough. Yeah.
0: But thank you. Look at me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You really take compliments real well. Uh, Yeah,
0: you're right. I do. Um,
1: The the book is called I See You, I Am You. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to talk about it, but I want to talk about this phrase, I see you. Yeah. Um, I first learned this phrase in a kundalini yoga class. Mm -hmm. And in that context, I felt like I viscerally understood what it meant, uh, but I think I'm still lacking the cohesive pattern of words to uh, explain what that means, I see Mm -hmm. you. So what does I see you, or in your case, I see you, I am you, mean?
0: It means that we're all more alike than we may first see and we may first realize. And maybe that's something that it seems simple to get, but I think it does take some time for most people to get that. Mm I don't know what you choose to believe in your life. Maybe if you choose to believe in reincarnation, if you come back as a different person or a different thing every time, then therefore, couldn't we look at everybody that exists right now and be like, oh, I'm that person. And what a beautiful notion to look at other people and realize that we all want to be loved. We all want to be heard. We all have pain. We all want to be held. We all want to express. Right. Can I not look at other people with a little bit more compassion and empathy? This doesn't mean that you let other people treat you poorly, Mm -hmm. but can you not realize that we're more alike than I, than I or we probably realized to begin with? Yeah. Yeah. And then
1: that goes back to you connecting with the haters.
0: Yes, totally. I'm a hater about stuff too. And that's my stuff I got to work on as well. I, um, yeah,
1: I really like that. I like, I like that idea. And it, It is such a powerful message of I see you and especially I think people who are going through things Mm -hmm. and it's very easy to put on blinders to people around you. But uh, for me, like one thing I I realized is like sometimes there's nothing you can say or or might be capable of saying that can resolve every challenge of every loved one in your life. Mm -hmm. And I like the phrase I see you because it's like saying, "Okay, I'm not going to pretend that I can say something that's going to make everything all better. And even presuming that is kind of insensitive, mm-hmm. but it's like saying, hey, I'm here to listen. I'm here to empathize. I'm here to stand in this fire with you and I will support you.
0: You got it. Right. You know it. Did I do you OK? You said it better than me. <laughs> I think empathy is, is greater than sympathy. And so Mm -hmm. saying to somebody like, oh, that," someone's going through something or we're all going through life right now. So we're all going through different things and experiencing different things. Instead of saying to somebody like, oh, that sucks, saying like, I see you Mm -hmm. and trying to put yourself in that person's situation. Whether they're somebody that has a lot of attention and a lot of money or whether there's somebody that's struggling with addiction and mental health struggles on the street. Mm -hmm. Both of those people can actually be exactly the same. Despite how they outwardly appeared. Sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And even worse than telling someone, oh, that sucks, is mm. you know what you should do to fix that? Right. <laughs>
0: Are you on Bumble? Am I on Bumble? Just get over it. <laughs> you're better than them.
1: Oh, you're oh you're talking. I'm to quoting this something from person. the book
0: of uh, when somebody's broken hearted or experiencing loss and pain with grief. It's right. Like, Just, Just get, get over Bumble. it. Yeah. Are you on Bumble, Tinder, or Grindr? Uh, you're better than them anyways. I never liked them anyways. Um, you know. The, those it's things this that whole I, like uh, we're trying to. We mean well. We have good we intentions. We mean well. Yeah, yeah, but. Sometimes it's it's this this whole
1: it's this whole culture of like trying to fix things immediately, Mm -hmm. whether in ourselves or in others. Yeah. Right. You know, we want the quick
0: quick fix. It's like the good vibes only and to hold space for other people, however they are, Mm -hmm. I think is one of the most powerful things you can do as a human.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Including yourself. First and foremost, with yourself, holding space for yourself. Like, I don't always feel good is that okay well I hope so because it's real
1: (laughs) well and it should be okay right and you should be giving yourself time to digest or sit in whatever it is you're feeling right and that's the best way to quote-unquote get over something or to move on to the next stage or evolve Mm -hmm. or grow or learn right
0: or sometimes you just feel pain about something Sure. And that's it. And hopefully, you don't attach to it, and you don't go down a rabbit hole right. where you're, you know, struggling with that for the rest of your life. Yeah. Hopefully, you can ex- just accept that something might be painful for you mm-hmm. for an undetermined amount of time. We don't know forever because who knows what forever is. Right. Yeah. Right into this, I'm just like, <laughs> time is a concept. Who knows?
1: <laughs> I. And in in talking about these things, I think what I really appreciate about your book is even though it's in this self-help category it's very exploratory and it's very creative as opposed to prescriptive Mm -hmm. right in terms of you're not telling people what to do um people
0: come to me and at like people flood my inbox with you know the moment you're vulnerable people Mm -hmm. start telling you what pains them and what ails them and they're looking for a prescription from you like i had somebody reach out to me and said i just got fired from my job i'm struggling with my mental health now more Mm -hmm. than ever i'm waiting to get your book i hope it has all the answers and I'm Oof, like, what <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> Refund. No, yeah. I'm not saying I don't have all of the answers. I don't have any of the answers. And then, you know, to get that kind of message, I feel uh, immense empathy for that person mm-hmm. because I've been there. I can yeah. see that person, know that situation myself. But it's just like, I, this is, I'm not saying I have any answers. There's enough self-help gurus out there, and that's not me.
1: Right. And, <laughs> and to be honest, like, I'll, I'll admit I am uh, – or at least in a past life, was a self-help junkie. Mm -hmm. And now I've kind of reached the point where I think we have way too many prescriptive self-help books. Um, And I'm almost of the belief that this whole self-help culture needs more space for things like expression and interpretation and things where you can explore, similar to the creative approach that you've taken, right? I mean, people are going to come to your book with their own experiences oh, why in do you lens? think that
0: this is a creative approach that this book's different than something else like that
1: uh, I because you're using poetry um, you're using uh, as you say sort of meanderings as opposed yeah. to um, you know a seven step program
0: well there are seven chapters <laughs> there are That's but a there's weirds there, but, but you
1: said you could you could bounce around between chapters yes too, of right? course yeah.
0: um, it's interesting because even calling it poetry, you know, people have been like, what's your poetry style? It's like, well, what is poetry? Mm-hmm. I found a definition that I read at the book launch. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know where I pulled it from, somewhere on the internet. Uh, just that... We are all poets if we want to be, it's just nothing more maybe than an interpretation of our experience and our our life around us. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, yeah, maybe that is a great modern definition of of poetry, an attempt to explain your experiences. And what does that look like? Is, Is that stanzas? Is that rhyming? Is that similes and metaphors? And no. So it's just like, is this self-help? Is this poetry? I don't know what this is, but people want to put it in a box and label it. I get that. But Society. You use, but you use these labels as well. <laughs> yeah, of course. Because people want to understand and make sense of it. Right. So, sure. I'm a poet.
1: So, so in a world without labels, how would you describe your book? Uh,
0: woman's experience through love and loss and life. Um, the internet, Mm -hmm. yoga and meditation, mindfulness, the same things that I broke down into what the book is essentially about. Sure. Um, Just kind of categorized into those experiences that I feel like were more prevalent in my life. It's a collection of the last four years of writing, some -hmm. that I've shared online, some that I've never shared. And each piece falls into one of those chapters
1: wow yeah and there's there's illustrations there are illustrations by my
0: wonderful friend vanessa dong who is such an in-demand tattoo artist here she's an absolute beauty i had no idea what i was doing and truthfully i still don't and i think that's a great place to start (laughs) because why would i not do something just because i don't know yeah that's when you want to do stuff yeah when you don't know what you're doing i think there's a lot of beauty and growth there and so i reached out to her and said like would you be willing to design a book cover, which I know mm-hmm. book cover is like pretty huge deal because mm-hmm. people definitely judge books by their covers. Absolutely. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but she did about 30 illustrations in the book as well. I would have loved to even have mo- had more, but I think that was a good dose for, yeah. for this collection. And, she really expressed some of those things with her art that I was trying to express with words. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it's so cool. It, it looks beautiful. I'm excited to get into it. <laughs> um, on the topic of, you know, who you see and, and I see you. Um, who is this book for? Because Van, this is Van Culler alumnus. Bob Cranbauer of Vancouver's Awesome has described your book as the self-help book you didn't know you were looking for. Right. So who doesn't know that they're looking for this book?
0: Probably somebody that has never really talked openly about painful experiences in their life. Mm -hmm. Maybe somebody that is repressed and doesn't even know it. Maybe someone that's never been to counseling or therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, there's so many people that have bought the book and that I've talked to, all sorts of different kinds of people. And that is so humbling because I truly do feel like it is for everybody. You can get something out of it, I'm sure um, the people that I want to read the most are people that are hurting and people that are in pain, people that feel alone and feel like they're going to be stuck in that forever Mm -hmm. because we're not. You might revisit it over and over and over again, but the only constant is change. It's going to change. Maybe the pain's going to become even worse, but it's not going to stay that way forever. And I think having these little loving reminders, not that a book is necessarily going to pull you out of the depths of your deepest grief, but for me, I've I've really found a lot of solace and healing and understanding within myself in other people's words, in other people's stories, in books themselves. They've been one of my only true joys mm-hmm. sometimes. So if I can touch people that way, amazing. But the person I wrote it for the most is myself. Yeah, Totally selfishly, but not selfishly either, because it was expressing those experiences. Um, well, and, and, people and you're are...
1: sharing it in such a communal way. I mean, you're really putting yourself out there, obviously... There's You're trying to get the book out, but at the same time, you're not hesitant to share this with a community of people.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, if nothing had happened with the book, if I didn't sell any, it's a success for me in that I did it and made a thing. And to read it back, like I read my own words to myself, which is totally narcissistic and egotistical. (laughs) But like I write these reminders or these experiences or meanderings or whatever for myself as well. Yeah. And also for the future of the human race. Like, I'm really concerned Ooh, about the use. You're taking that goal on. Yes, because <laughs> the internet, man. I didn't grow up with the internet. It's a dangerous place out there. Absolutely. Bullying is on an all-new level. Self-esteem is on an all-new level. Um, real problems of the world are just magnified with the internet and also swept under the rug at the same time. So yeah. it's like, how do you navigate that as a young person that doesn't really know who they are and doesn't know what's going on per se, you know, like do you? you, I mean,
1: I I feel like so many of us do feel at some point in our lives, you know, alienated or lonely or depressed. And just this whole multitude of disconnectedness. And I almost wonder, like, why do you think that there is still just a stigma to talk about these things or to be open about?
0: these? Because it's painful. We don't go for the pain. We want to avoid pain. We want to hide it. It's not convenient to talk about painful things with other people. We Mm -hmm. want people to kind of see us in the best light. It's that same thing where it's like good vibes or die. Well, it's not only about good (laughs) vibes. There's a plethora of human emotions. Yeah. And, of course, once you open yourself up, once you crack yourself open, it can be scary and intimidating, especially if you haven't healed those painful parts of yourself. It's just a raw, gaping wound, Mm -hmm. which is the most extreme vulnerability. So... I understand why there's stigma around it, but I am committed to doing whatever I can every day to try to smash those ways of thinking down. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in doing so, has made myself more vulnerable, and then there just comes a whole other game with that where it's just like, am I sharing too much? Is this, you know, there's always a fear of the overshare with um, things to do with mental health. But I think... If it comes from a place of healing, Mm -hmm. then it's a good conversation to have.
1: Absolutely. I look
0: forward to the day where I can call into work and be like, can't come in today, I'm taking a mental health day. Mental health is more important, in my opinion, than our physical health. Yes, our physical body is important, but like our mind is everything. Our mind Mm -hmm. filters our thoughts, our experiences, our perceptions, history, the way that we think. How everything is happening right now is being perceived just like an... An unimaginable amounts of ways right. and then something happens to us and we make it mean something and you know everything exists up here and yet we're like better not talk about it <laughs> hey I'm going to the gym okay cool I'm gonna put on this bronzer and look contoured because I actually hate myself inside and right. I don't want to talk about these things and then as a person that has been open and, and talking about struggles and mm-hmm. pain on a more public platform for the last four years I don't know if I figured anything out by doing that, but I have been able to connect with other people that put their hand up and say, me too. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. You know, while that's not always available for everybody, I feel like having that ability to do so has meant a lot to some other people. I think even one other person. And I
1: think that's the really powerful part because you have, you certainly have a platform. And I think some people who might not know you or they just kind of follow you from afar, you know, see this super positive, warm, smiling person. Positive
0: people you... <laughs> always call into the radio station, and out of me and James, are like, "Oh, CJ, I love you. You're so positive." I'm like, "What? Have you ever like?" I'm not positive. James is definitely the positive I, one.
1: I, I mean, I I feel like you are, what? and I, clearly, I'm not the only <laughs> one. But it's it's cool that um, I mean, you're obviously online and and you're engaging in social media as well. But it's cool that you can. Tell people that, hey, you know I 'm also going through a lot of these things that maybe some of you are going through, and well, I think that's,
0: everybody's going through their own stuff,
1: right, but we often forget, especially with the filters of social media, we forget that um you know life is not perfect for anyone
0: yeah, it's that insane thing that we do is where we compare someone else's highlight reel to our behind the scenes, yeah <laughs> what.
1: But it, but it's but again, like I said, I think it's it's great to open that door
0: for mm-hmm. people. And, and it, well, it hasn't always been a positive experience for me though, because I've had a lot of people. Again, they say I'm embarrassing, I'm cringeworthy. Save that conversation for your girlfriends. You know those kinds of things, because it's that's not the norm. It's not the norm on social media to be like, hey, I struggle, I have suicidal thoughts, I feel sad, I have pain, I have wounds. People see that, and it causes them to be uncomfortable as well, because quite possibly it triggers their own suffering too.
1: Right, and that's, that's probably what that is, right? Is that they can't... They're going online to, to look at other things and not mm-hmm. to confront personal truths about themselves. Yeah,
0: Instagram models. I guess that's that's it's all <laughs> A lot, <about>. of butts, <laughs> lot of butts. A lot of butts. <laughs> Don't even get me started. <laughs>
1: um, on, on the topic of uh, technology, I, I have this conversation all the time with friends where you know, we have all this technology that's supposed to connect us, and yet we increasingly feel disconnected from each other. I mean, you just brought up this idea of you sharing yourself Mm -hmm. and people feeling really weird about it, Mm -hmm. even though you're you're basically trying to connect with people. This is a theme that obviously you tackle in the book, uh, that we live in this disconnected world in spite of the technology that has the capacity to connect us. Do you think that just as human beings, we are like inherently atomized creatures or is this disconnection like a new reality of our modern world?
0: well, i can't I can only speak for the thirty four years I've been on this earth. That's a lot of years. <laughs> That's some good years. I feel like we are more disconnected than ever in, yeah. in all of the studies I've read and all the different books and material online, and just experiencing life day to day. The biggest thing people want to talk about mm-hmm. is the internet and social media. Yeah. And also the biggest thing that I notice is how we are not open usually to talking to people Mm -hmm. but then we're behind a device so desperate for connection so desperate to be seen and felt and heard that we're trying to connect with people online when there's somebody right in front of you right and vancouver often has this uh reputation as being an unfriendly city i didn't grow up here i moved here about nine years ago and where'd you grow up just on vancouver island yeah and then uh i came here and i just felt like People aren't really friendly here. And if I say mm. hello to somebody, it's kind of like, what do you want from me? <laughs> and I, I'll do things like buy flowers and hand them out to strangers on the street. And like they, they have such a hard time receiving that. And they think that's weird. But then we're all behind devices looking for likes and follows and comments and right. whatever. But in validation, we all want to be validated. It's, it's innately how we're made up. Mm-hmm. But then someone's right in front of you and you're like, go away. I'm busy here doing this. and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and like, how long does the scroll last? I don't know. Yeah.
1: Why do you think that is? Why do you think we are so easily distracted with devices when real connection is right in front of us?
0: Because we've allowed ourselves to be. like We get that hit of dopamine when somebody likes or follows or, or comments. It's That's the way it was kind of created to be, to, to connect mm-hmm. us. Sure. We're more like connected than ever. We've got all this information at our fingertips. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's truly insane, this little device that we put in our back pocket and sit on, and then it doesn't... It's not working. It's going to space. And it's like, we're more connected than ever, but... We just have more of a difficult time, it seems. I'm making yeah. a grand statement here. It's a oh, let's make statement. That's what the show's well, for. I don't know about that. <laughs> it's not, this is not an all knowing, all being statement because there definitely are um, societies and cultures where people are really connected. Right. But is, are, is social media and technology connecting us in real life? Sometimes, yes. I've met incredible people off the internet, mm-hmm. definitely. But on a daily basis, I don't know, man. I feel pretty lonely. And I work at a radio station, talk to hundreds of mm. thousands of people every day, talk to people on the internet. But what I like the most is one-on-one or even sure. just like a small group where you're you're chatting. People aren't talking over each other. People are being heard. Maybe you're being creative and you're expressing ideas and stuff, like just relating that way. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to. We're created that way. We're pack animals. We're not meant to sit at home, you know, cowering in a corner with the the reflection of our phone on us. But at the same time, that's an amazing thing as well. It's just dangerous if we put everything into our device and everything into this weird online reality that we have. I feel like it's... It's not really safe in our day to day lives that we're living.
1: Yeah. And it's, I mean, I find it so paradoxical because we are communicating with more people mm-hmm. than ever before. Communicating, quote unquote, right? Yeah.
0: Well, we are. Yeah.
1: Um, so you would think that we would feel way more connected. And, you know. Uh, Do you feel wh-
0: more connected? No. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why is I that? Don't, that's
1: what I'm trying to figure out. I, I And I, I guess. The only, it's kind of a simple explanation, but I feel like the only thing you can say is that text messaging or Mm -hmm. little likes or whatever is no substitute for what you just described in terms of a one-on-one conversation or a small group of people um, talking to each other, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, this this whole, whether it's text messaging or social media, this is all so new. You would not be communicating with so many people every day, um, but... You would meet up with people and perhaps have deeper conversations or be a little more mindful in those social interactions. And when I say that, i'm 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 saying it on the premise of we've all seen or perhaps been in the groups where you're hanging out with your friends, and everyone's on their phone,
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. Well, I took the bus here, and everyone's on the phone in the bus. and i and I get that. It's like we're trying to multitask, mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean I don't use my phone as well, sure, yeah, but almost I want to put it away to force myself to like, feel whatever it is that possibly I'm trying to avoid by thinking I have to do stuff, which we all have so much to do and the devices can help us. Mm -hmm. But it's a Black Mirror episode. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're like, okay, well, (laughs) do I join them? Do I resist?
1: It's hard not to. I mean, you can, but.
0: And having healthy boundaries with technology is something I that's struggle with do, yeah. immensely. Oh, <laughs> that's what you could do? No way. We're expected to be available on demand 24-7. If someone sends me a text and I don't write back, they make that mean something. And if I then mm. go and post something online, they're like, why didn't you write this back? Or if someone sends me a message about something and I didn't respond to their meme, it's it, we're creating all of these things and it's just so many ongoing little conversations all at once that don't really feel fulfilling per se. And at the end of the day, I feel like more depleted and exhausted than ever. And I'm like, but I'm so connected here. What's going on?
1: (laughs) But I think we have the capacity, even if you are online and you're on all social media to say that you have boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I've, you know what I've, gone on and off this bandwagon but I used to be very good with uh after nine I'm not touching any technology I'm reading or whatever else and I had that going for a while then you know I backslid and now I'm on my phone before bed but we're we can make boundaries for ourselves and we can it's very difficult Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I think that capacity still exists or just to say that um I don't have to respond to every text message because a lot of text messages are fluff. <laughs> yes, totally.
0: And especially when with different jobs and stuff, we're expected to respond to emails at midnight or something. Right. There's that over-glorification of busyness and being an overachiever and, oh, here's so-and-so working at midnight. It's like, you know, it's yeah. what was it, around Christmas, Elon Musk said if you want to make a change in this world, you got to work 80 hours a week. Right. And I was like, fuck this. I, much respect <laughs> to you, Elon. But like, we got to have breaks. We need time to do nothing. That's yeah. where the magic happens is when you have time and space. Yeah. Not when we're on our devices at midnight trying to look like a champion to our bosses.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, we definitely... it Something intrinsic to our being, I think, is creating time for play. Mm-hmm. And that is frowned upon in quote unquote, ambitious circles, but I think it's so important to set aside that time and uh, for physical health, for mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think people are coming around though, like we're starting to recognize that you need a certain balance and in your career, in your yeah, life? Yeah, you
0: know, we talk about it one day a year on Let's Talk Day. <laughs> this is the corporate hand job. It's so favorite of mine. Yeah, we talk about it one day. And do we really talk about it? We're talking like, about it right now. We, yes, we are. Yes, but I just want that. My dream is for it to, um, you know, this have a domino effect to other people where they feel like they can talk about those things more and yeah. creating boundaries and stuff. Yeah.
1: On the topic of uh, disconnectedness, I have this feeling that I mean, there's that joseph Conrad quote um we we live as we dream alone, hmm. and I just feel with the consciousness that we have and the knowing that uh we're gonna die someday and time is finite and all that stuff, I feel like we're always going to have some sense of loneliness that we have to that we're constantly fighting
0: I think and uh, and
1: things mm-hmm. like social media just exacerbate it,
0: I think. Maybe we need to give up that fight of loneliness and yeah. to embrace our solitude. We're all having mm. solitary experiences, but collectively. Sure. So does that make you feel a little bit better? Probably not, because we're like, I need another person to validate <laughs> me and put it all into that. And then when it crumbles, then I'm a shell. It's like, but the biggest thing that I've been trying to work on is just embracing that solitude. Like, this is my experience uh life is wonderful when you share it with other people it's Mm -hmm. not the same when you're not sharing stuff with other people that truly you know add to your life and you get to add to theirs but yeah we'll always probably wrestle with the solitary experience but collectively with everyone else yeah
1: what what does that healthy solitude look like
0: on a day-to-day basis or what do you mean
1: yeah, for some, for I mean, you're you're saying that we we should stop wrestling with this idea that we are alone and maybe start embracing it in a positive way, right? Mm-hmm. So, what do you think that looks like? Is that meditation? Is that yoga? Is yeah, of that, course, uh,
0: meditation, um, spending time with yourself, getting mm-hmm. to know yourself, doing things alone, right? Like going on a trip alone, yeah, or forcing yourself to not forcing, I guess, but or, like creating time and space for yourself to to be alone as someone that whose schedule is way too busy and I <laughs> say yes and overcommit to too many things I have to make time where it's like okay this is my day this mm-hmm. is where I'm going to be alone and maybe I take myself on a day date and I go get some sushi and I maybe go to a yoga class and then I I walk and I just like People watch and get coffee and spend time on my own versus always cramming our schedules with other people and things because mm-hmm. if we don't embrace that feeling of solitude, one day it's all going to catch up in like crazy grief right in my experience
1: yeah, I would agree with that. i mean I come from a a a place of privilege, but in several layers and and one of the privileges I have as uh, as an only child, I actually really enjoy solitude mm-hmm. and I know some I know some people. You know, don't like it, or they have to be around people. Or I think was, we need but it. But I love just being on my own and either working on something on my own, or even if it's preparing a meal or whatever, right? Um, and it, I find that when you create that stillness in your life, that has such a rejuvenating effect on when you do have to be busy, and we're yes, all busy, right? I think
0: there's a beauty in solitude that's not promoted enough in life, mm-hmm. right? Being being with yourself, however you are in that time and space yeah yeah
1: your book is broken up into seven chapters yes we sort of alluded on this but I want you to give me a rundown on these seven chapters
0: okay well loving the first chapter it barks on what it is to be love be in love be loved um, just the experience of embracing that joy Followed closely by fleeing, (laughs) which is abandonment and pain Mm. and loss that comes with the uh, crippling after effects of the death of love with many forms in your life. Sure. Mostly romantic, probably. Um, Then comes being, which is experiencing life and the joys and the struggles and noticing Uh, how that moves, and then after being is bleeding, (laughs) which is more pain and suffering, (laughs) and talks a lot about mental health, and having conversations around that, Mm -hmm. and then after bleeding, we move to breathing, which is focused on I think those are such trendy words these days, but it's like mindfulness and you I know, use that awareness. Word all. I love that word, though. So do I. But you know, I often question the integrity of some people's use of it. Sure. <laughs> um, call call me out anytime you'd like. I will. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so breathing really important. Uh, kind of touches a little bit on yoga and mm-hmm. um, things like that. And then after breathing. I'm getting lost. Okay, so I did loving, fleeing, being, bleeding, breathing. Oh, yeah, then we go to scrolling, Oh. which is technology and social media and just the So it's just poems about to... butts. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, there's actually one poem in there that, uh, I don't know if it's the second one or the third one. My editor was like, oh, okay, the whole chapter should just be this one poem. Uh, it's <laughs> this one's not even a poem. It's like, and now here's a list uh, in no particular order of everything you're missing on the internet. Oh. nothing yeah <laughs> and that's it that's yeah. the poem okay Love and then it. after scrolling we go to scene which is again talks about life and just different experiences and hopefully realizing that we're more alike than we may first see
1: yeah cool yeah. now as someone who just said uh that they're not the all-knowing being and doesn't have all the answers i'm curious like how did you decide to break it down into these seven categories, because this those seven categories seem pretty all-encompassing for mm. modern living.
0: Well, I tried to think about work like the writing that I already had mm-hmm. and could I break it down into different chapters instead of just having this word vomit of a bunch of stuff in a book <laughs> um those to me and my so kind
1: to your own work oh my god
0: <laughs> well I'm trying to overwhelm people I had someone say you're gonna overwhelm people with this yeah you're goddamn right I'm overwhelming <laughs> people with this. good um I just wanted to think about the writing that I had and what it mostly focused and touched on. And if I died tomorrow, what would I want? to leave behind? Mm-hmm. What of these experiences? And I mean, that's such a grand was th- way of thinking, but I actually think about that every day. I think about my death every day, which is interesting too, because yeah. most people go their whole lives without thinking about it. They don't want to think about their mortality. We don't know necessarily what happens and we can choose to believe a plethora of things. But I think like, okay, if something happened to me, if I died, I'm gonna die. I don't know what that means, mm-hmm. but what do, I, what do I want to stand for while I am here? And so those seven chapters, Basically, are everything that I feel like I could want to say at this point in my life, and I went through every piece and tried to uh, be as non-exclusive with things as I could. Like I took out genders sometimes when I could, when I felt necessary, um, and I I tried to look at this from. My experience, which is coming from a white privilege experience, even though I've had my more than fair share of suffering and struggles, it's still a white ex- sure. privilege yeah. experience. You know, could this be available? Could there be something in here for any person? Mm-hmm. So, I my hope is yes.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but but I mean, you touching on that idea of uh, privilege, as you've sort of just already explained. I mean, once you take away, or at least acknowledge this idea that, okay, we have certain privileges. Mm-hmm. There is sort of a, a core that does connect us all and mm-hmm. where we can all relate, right? Mm-hmm. And um, again, I haven't read the book. I'm going to read it now because I got a couple of copies. <laughs> but um, when, I'm, when I was going through the, the sections list, I was trying to think of like, what did Casey Joe miss here in terms of like states well, yeah, of being? Yeah, what do you think? I, don't, I couldn't come up with a state of being that was yeah. missing in, in modern life. Like scrolling is now a new one. Yeah. Right. So so who's to say that we're not going to have new states of being um, as we progress as a species. But it's, we will. It seems I, we definitely to. Will. Yeah. I mean sleeping <laughs>
0: dude I, I should have breathing. put sleeping in there i've had enough of the fleeing i've had enough of the bleeding i've had enough of the scrolling even though it's a necessary joy and an evil yeah. i want more of the breathing i want more of the being and i want more of the seeing yeah loving always you, always loving
1: do you think that that's, that society and our culture lacks those three things in being, general being
0: breathing and seeing yeah perhaps that's why the the idea of meditation for people is still looked upon as like ooh weird hippy dippy. Like I'm a hippie <laughs> to my coworkers, sure. and I'm like, hey, just sit down for ten minutes and breathe. Ooh, no, what? Be alone with my thoughts? Right? Can't. <laughs> it's like I get it, man. There's a lot of stuff up there. Yeah. And so slowing down and and in the in the not doing. We have the capacity to undo so many things that we don't really need and that, quote unquote, no longer serve us. Another thing that people say a lot, but it's mm-hmm. true that we we've, we adapt and we have these things that we're bringing along and maybe just slowing down and breathing as basic as that seems, which is the most challenging and also most simple beautiful thing you could do could really help people yeah if they just would be open to doing it well
1: it's it's reminding me of uh and i'm sure you've seen this scenario as well but it's reminding me of like just a dog who's just sitting there with his like mouth open smiling and breathing panting really
0: hard are you <laughs> like, talking about the dog that's burning in hell meme that's like this is fine this is fine uh no not that. i'm talking about real dogs <laughs> okay <yeah.
1: laughs> thinking about my dad's dog specifically but like dogs have this ability to just like sit there and like smile and breathe and they're mm-hmm. just like so content mm-hmm. right heavy and-
0: breathing and more panting in your life <laughs> <laughs> am i doing it right <laughs> I mean, some, the, <laughs> some some of the some I'm of I'm gonna regret panting. Oh wow! Whatever.
1: Some of the kundalini fire <laughs> breath sounds like right. That, right? No, totally. Yeah, it, and it feels good.
0: The, yeah, it's creating <laughs> space and you're expanding.
1: How, it's and it's funny that you mentioned how people look at meditating as this like hippie thing or whatever, <laughs> but it it is starting to become a lot more popular and we have apps for that now. Yes, um, which are which I've tried and they're actually quite useful. Um, but I remember when I first got into it, um, I had friends who were just like, why like this does nothing? And mm-hmm. then I said, you know, just try it for I think I said three minutes to start. And mm-hmm. even that for a lot of people can be a long time. Um, and then all the feedback I got back was like, Oh, this is this is pretty good. Right. And then they realized, like, oh, you can also achieve that same state of mind in other activities. Mm-hmm. So for some people it's it's yoga. For some people it's riding their motorcycle. And then you just come into tune of that state of mind that you achieve when meditating is very important.
0: Yeah. And there's
1: different ways to the top of the mountain, but its, a, it's effects and its, uh, I would say, necessity in living, especially living a life where we're multitasking all the time. We have a million different things on the go, but to sit down and defrag- uh, defragment uh, is so useful.
0: Yeah, and it's called a practice for a reason, right? Like we're practicing how to hopefully carry that in the rest of our daily life.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Like the problem I have with yoga, which I have a lot of problems (laughs) with in the Western society, but I'm embracing that, is it's not the one hour you go and get bendy and put a, a leg behind your head if you're so dynamic and lucky. Yeah. It's the other twenty three hours of how you live your life
1: off the mat, yeah. yeah., and
0: it's it's a practice of how can we be both flexible and leaning into our edges of the day-to-day life?
1: right? yeah, yeah. do you do you still meditate and practice yoga?
0: I still meditate. I'm a on again, off again, yoga. Practitioner, which okay. is ironic because I know the benefits of it, but then I seemingly get way too busy and I don't even have any time carved out for myself to practice yoga. Which makes me sound like a hypocrite, and I fully own that. I don't always make. I don't have enough. I don't have time in my day really for myself. Sure. The time in the day for myself is maybe in the morning Mm -hmm. and usually at night, and that's why I tend to stay up late. And if I want to stay up and meditate for half an hour before bed, then that's something I really enjoy and something I also really despise. Right. So (laughs) it's just showing up regardless of what's going on, and it's tough for everybody.
1: Yeah. And I think that's just life. Sometimes you're, you know, you're in an optimal zone where you're working out and eating right and killing it at work.
0: And then when's that? <laughs> you never, never gotten those killing zones it before? at work. Uh, yeah, maybe. You've gotten was... those zones. When I was you're younger, killing it right now. Come on. I, well, I used to go to boot camps and stuff. I used to be that person, right. getting up early and doing those things. Yeah. And now I'm just like, oh, I just want to stay in bed. Eat donuts all the time? Yeah. <laughs> well, I
1: mean, my point is like, <laughs> Sometimes one of those aspects of our lives become very heavy. Like mm-hmm. they ta- they take a greater proportion than perhaps they should. Whether it is work yes. or something, or health, or whatever else, um, and then we recalibrate, right? And that's we're all just try- trying to do our best. Mm-hmm. So uh, someone who's, you know, I don't think you should beat yourself
0: up about. I don't not because I know we go through phases, and I would never have made this book if I was, you know, doing things for myself every day. It sounds horrible, but sometimes you have to sacrifice stuff if you really want something to happen. And it's just knowing that balance of like when I reach the edge of being like, okay, too much sacrificing going on over here, not enough taking care of myself, going to have a breakdown. We know if you're busy all the time and you're not doing these things and slowing down, Mm -hmm. which is funny to like, I'm air quoting here, like you have to do slowing down. It's another (laughs) thing. Oh, what? I've done all these things and now I have to slow down? I can't. It's like, (laughs) It's very important. It can save your life in many ways.
1: Absolutely. I I remember being in. Uh, it, it's funny you mentioned like slowing down and having all these things to do. I remember being in school, and feel like university, and feeling like I had so much to do, and different projects and papers and that's what they do to you. And there was so much that I ended up doing nothing. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. And it, and it was because. I was just seeking a distraction as opposed to, you know, dialing it back just a little bit and taking things on, in a, in a, in a, breathing. I don't and want to be an overachiever. I want to be an underachiever these days. <laughs> I think you're definitely an overachiever.
0: I am. I know. That's the problem. <laughs> I want to do less and then I just do more. I'm like, what's happening here?
1: Um, one last question about yoga and meditation. Yeah. What's the longest you've ever meditated for?
0: Ooh, well, that depends on how you classify meditation. Oh, because... I thought you were going to say how you
1: classify time. Like, Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, I'm doing it right now, Mo, actually. Um, I am an ambassador at Float House, which is oh, yeah, in cool. Gastown, and I have been going there for quite some time. That is also another thing I have not practiced in a very long time. I've mm-hmm. not made it a priority, even though I know the benefits. One time I did a double float, so I was in there for three hours. So you could say I meditated one time for three hours. Yeah. Um, I've been to many meditation classes that have lasted for like one to two hours also when we did our meditation teacher training at a place that was called moment meditation here in gastown it was broken down into eight different modules so we met once a month on a friday saturday sunday and a lot of that was also spent practicing so i don't have like a really definitive answer i've yet to do vipassana which is a 10-day no speaking seated meditation which i really want to do but for some reason for some reason i'm feeling a lot of resistance and i'm i'm like i'm i'm i need to do it now more than ever especially sure. after birthing this book birthing how douchey
1: i no. really <laughs> need to
0: go to vipassana and not talk and sit and meditate for 10 days which is everyone's worst nightmare yeah but i uh i need to get some space from my ego and from my mind and i think in longer periods of time like that it's setting you up for a stronger practice in your day to day life sure yeah well if anyone as long as you meditated for oh
1: 21 minutes
0: whoa
1: that's great (laughs) that's about it Um, that's
0: good that's 20 years ago all this science that's coming out with meditation now 20 years ago we didn't know that just 21 minutes of meditating a day can change your brain physically change your brain
1: yeah you have to build up to it though and you go uh, I was told the increments go 3, 7, 11, 21
0: Oh really? So I built oh, up to it. Oh, you're doing it on a regime. Very yeah,
1: nice. yeah. So I built up to it, but but uh, ever since I got into yoga, I I haven't done the like full just sit down mm-hmm. meditation because you kind of do that in yoga.
0: Yeah, right? you're breathing and moving, and you hopefully can still see that your thought. You see that your thoughts are there. The idea is like to notice all these thoughts, all the noise. Meditation doesn't stop. The noise. No people think, "Oh, I'm I'm not doing this right," but it's like you are doing it right. Mm-hmm. Just noticing, and and hopefully with more practice, it won't be as noisy. It exactly. won't be such an uncomfortable place to exist inside yourself in your own solitude with everybody else yeah. at the same time.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think the noise ever goes away. I mean, even, I mean, I, I wouldn't consider myself a, a great practitioner of, of yoga or meditation, but I. I think you dial down the noise.
0: Weren't you a yoga model or something?
1: I I was. (laughs) Yeah. You see you see me in those Y Yoga adverts? (laughs) Yeah. It was it was the face. That's the moneymaker. Not I wasn't posing in it at all. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I've always wanted to be a poser.
1: Oh, I I don't have the knees for it. No.
0: <laughs> I've always wanted to be a sellout and now I can say that I am one. So. Well, you've sold out. Yeah, sold out. <laughs> I like Casey Joe before she sold out. I'm going to get that on a shirt. Oh, yeah. that's a good shirt. Right?
1: Yeah. That's that's the title of your second book.
0: Nice. <laughs>
1: um, so I asked for two copies. Can I tell you why? Yes, please. This might be cringe word. But, oh, good. I love, yeah, know, I love it. As you know, I love cringe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> love to cringe, baby. Okay. So um,
1: <laughs> so I have a, uh, a celebrity crush. Her name is Whitney Cummings. She's mm-hmm. a comedian. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have basically developed this ritual now that anytime I see her I, at, at her shows, mm-hmm. I will give her a gift bag. And so the first gift bag, it was like a book by Gabrielle Maté and...
0: Uh, amazing human. Yeah. Amazing, amazing person. Yeah.
1: And I think it was some other Canadian stuff. I don't know. And then <laughs> I've also thrown in like ketchup potato chips and like stuff like that. So uh, it's just kind of become this ritual that I do now um, because she is someone that has also uh, throughout her career and then in her own book talked about mental wellness and, and uh, mental health and even though I'm probably not her demographic, uh, it really resonated with me. And made You probably
0: p- are her demographic. Basic Everyone bro. Is probably, you're not a basic, <laughs> speaking of words you need to eliminate, I've heard you say basic bro a little too much. I
1: just said, uh, you know, it's There's to- There's nothing basic about you. It's to uh, lower the standards and expectations.
0: Stop so, that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll think about it. But anyways. All right. Um, no, uh, you know, some, she, uh, uh, her work has really resonated with me. So- I'm seeing her uh, for the Just for Last Festival. I'm sitting front row. is you're,
0: you're seeing her. It's like a date. <laughs> I mean, in my mind,
1: I mean I'm standing pretty hard on this. Everything girl. exists
0: in our mind, right? So you're basically <laughs> dating Whitney Cummings, amazing.
1: Here's the thing though, here's the tricky part. Um so the other two times I saw her, there was a meet and greet where I was able to be like, Hey, you've mm-hmm. affected my life, here's a gift bag. And it was and she's amazing, very sweet. But this time, there is none. So I mm. feel like after the show, I have to like, I'm sitting front row, thankfully, but I have to like put the gift so bag on the stage. So you're accosting
0: Whitney Cummings for the Just for Last Festival.
1: With your book.
0: Oh, great. Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> We're in this together now. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so that's, well, so that's my intent. I want to get your book into her hands. So that's why I asked for
0: two copies. Very nice. Yeah. Thank you. So hopefully, thank it works you. Out. Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, s- <laughs> we'll see how it turns out after Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. <laughs>
1: um, speaking of your book, is there something from your book that you'd like to share with us?
0: Yes, I would love to. May I get my book copy out of my bag? Absolutely. Here? Yeah. What did I didn't think about it to begin with?
1: And not the same one that you did on Bob's show. It's not the same. I'm to <laughs> do the same.
0: What the heck? I give you all the same answers and say the same things. How many copies of this do I have? Is this? Oh, that's the one. Okay. I mean, there's, it's so hard. Somebody asked me the other day, like, what's your favorite page? I'm like, I shouldn't even say it in that <laughs> <Not> this even This <laughs> person's going to listen to it now and think I'm mocking you. Sorry. I love you. I love that they uh, said page and not poem no, or they not said, piece. what's your si- favorite piece? I said okay. page. Okay. Now I'm just like, fake news. Okay. This is page 48 from I See You, I Am You by me so cringe rock and roll isn't dead but romance has sure changed we wait three days to call because we still believe what the recycled monthly issues of cosmo once said we ghost on people then bench them so we can stay current on the dating trends we swipe right when we really want to swipe left but we don't want to face the pain of loneliness We seep sweet nothings early because love feels nice. And once the fantasy fades, the man behind the curtain is revealed and we realize maybe they don't have a heart, courage, or a brain. Romance these days is a hey you with a cute intended emoji note from an otherwise stranger on a social media platform and I'm fucking tired of it. Write a letter. Be honest. Pick a flower. Look another in the eyes like there's some kind of magic and please put your phone down for a goddamn minute and be present when you're with them. We're so distracted and inundated with choice and X's popping up and potentials rubbing past us that we don't know how to commit, how to stand in another's shadow and darkness as well as their light. We bolt the minute it gets hard and convince ourselves it's not worth it. We jump from bed to bed. We don't know how to stay connected to ourselves in a disconnected world. We listen to other people who aren't in our relationships. We barely understand our own mind and we sign up to enter another's who we will probably never really grasp. We shatter fragile hearts, then let ours harden and wait for someone else to make the first move. Wait for the next steps and wait for the one. You are the one, and unless we all collectively figure out that the love resides inside us, and it's not only others, but ourselves that can bring it out, romance is doomed. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. I
1: I feel so blessed to have uh, been in the presence of that. that wow, really? really? Cool. Yeah, you have a great voice for it, too. Thank you. Oh. I think you should put that on audiobook.
0: Thank you. It's on the list. Uh, there's only one of me, so I'm just True doing enough. as much as I can. Yeah. Fair
1: enough. I love the... Uh, I mean, while you're going through the laundry list of what you mm-hmm. or the person is doing, I was like, oh, yeah, I do all those things. I know.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You ghost on people, then bench them to stay current on the tra- dating trends? I oh. have.
1: I have. Oh, wow, wow. Not yeah. recently, mm. but I've done that. Yeah. We've all done that.
0: For and, the most part, probably, yeah. Right? In yeah. some form. Yeah.
1: Um, It's just, you know, avoiding confrontation or... Thinking you can just sweep things under the rug, well, right? Well, sometimes
0: all... we reject other people before they have the possibility to reject us because we're hiding behind a hardened shell.
1: Right. Yeah, I do that too.
0: More in the book. <laughs> 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 and let me read you another, just joking. <laughs> um, I know
1: you are you are sold out, but but where can people find the book? Where yeah, can they find you? You can still
0: get the book at uh, www.icuimu.com. Uh, it's just going to be on a little bit of a delay. We have another order that's coming in nice. in the next week or so. So it won't be much longer till you'll be able to get your paws on it. I'm really excited. It's also available at Pulp Fiction, both on Main Street and Commercial Drive Book warehouse on Main Street and West Broadway and a couple other select stores. I'm going to have that all replenished once we get the book ordered. I believe almost, I think all the sol- stores are sold out. Um, so basically
1: any bookstore on Main Street, though, you will be in I'm trying, I'm
0: trying to tackle it. Can you tell us my neighborhood? I'm that's like, your, everything on Main Street. That's your but, corner. I mean, I'm trying to expand. There's a, a couple stores on Vancouver Island that have the book. There's a, cool. a gift shop in Tofino called Merge Curated Goods that has copies right now. Um, I'm going to expand more and I have a couple other book events coming up as well. So yeah, very soon you'll be able to get it shipped to you or if you are in the Vancouver area, Hopefully Vancouver Island, possibly other places. I'm going to work on distributing the book as best as I can, whatever that means. And
1: you have the book in
0: some yoga studios too, right? Yeah, it's in Semper Viva Yoga right now, uh, yeah. the Sun Studio in Kits, And then I'm talking to Y Yoga about them possibly carrying it. I mean, I don't want to say that now, but hey, whatever. They, yeah. we've, we've communicated and there's some other, a good fit. St- some other stores and places that I'm hopefully going to Get the book in, so yeah.
1: Cool, and um, how do people follow you online? Where are you can best follow platforms?
0: me at Casey Joe Lose, which is C-A-S-E-Y-J-O-L-O-O-S. You can also check me out at 1027 The Peak. It's 102.7 on your dial, or you go to thepeak.fm.
1: Lovers and haters both welcome, right?
0: That's right. <laughs> Perfect. Good vibes only. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you so much for being here. I really do appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much and, for uh, having me.
1: The light within me honors the light within you.
0: That's so nice. (laughs) Ladies
1: and gentlemen, her book, I See You, I Am You, is available now. And she's available on your radio dial every weekday, 2 to 6 p.m. on 1027 The Peak, Vancouver's modern rock. She is Casey Joe Lowe's. And I'm Mo Amir telling you, in a city where you can be anything, be colorful. Peace.